Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel Podcast. As a vibrant part of life at Trinity Western University, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. So are you excited to hear the Word of God today? Amen. Amen. Our scripture today is taken from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 13. And if you have the slides up front, you can see the sermon is basically called as Patient Endurance. I'm going to read from the NIV, uh, if you would. Uh, if you have your Bibles, please feel free to turn. Uh, here we go. Dear friends, here is one thing you must not forget. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow to keep his promise. He's not slow in the way some people understand it. He's patient with you. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. Instead, he wants all people to turn away from their sins. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. Fire will destroy everything in them. God will judge the earth and everything in it so everything will be destroyed. And what kind of people should you be? You should lead holy and godly lives. Live like that as you look forward to the day of the Lord. It will make the day to come more quickly. On that day, fire will destroy the heavens. The heat will melt everything in them. But we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. Godliness will make its home there. All of this is in keeping with God's promise. This is the word of God. Amen. Now, how many of us have read that passage of scripture ever in your life? Okay, about two-thirds of us. That's really good. And the other third, uh, so this is probably the first time that you have read this passage. So let me tell you the backstory of what's happening. And I, I understand you have some idea of the context The context is that Peter and the early church are facing tremendous threats. There are threats external to them, uh, to the point at which many of them could be in serious danger of persecution, suffering, and even death. So Peter is encouraging believers to suffer for Christ as holy, submissive, and selfless witnesses. Uh, motivated by Christ's example. So that, that's one reason why he's writing. Uh, we also can imagine that if that's the threat around, uh, then, then Peter probably doesn't have much time. He's probably in his final season of life, I would imagine that, uh, which is probably the reason why Second Peter is the last book that Peter has written, and there isn't a third Peter. Uh, so early historians, they, uh, they imagine that he could have been martyred. There's a lot of history that captures Peter as having been martyred. So imagine these 18 verses in chapter 3 to literally be the last written verses of Peter before he is no more. So clearly there are some important things that he wants to talk to you about. While this is happening externally, there are threats internal to the church as well. And there are people who are basically spreading false teaching, false prophecy, 
and these little sheep that are just coming into the church, they are getting confused. And some of them are getting disillusioned and they are saying, I quit. Uh, it sounds a bit similar to what we might be facing even today as a church and as Christians. There are many threats we face externally and there are challenges we face internally as well. So I really feel that this passage, it captures 2,000 years ago what we are going through now. Uh, so when Peter is writing this, just imagine this is your professor in class giving a last lecture and saying, students, here are a few important things to remember before we leave the class. So those are really, really important things. Now the old Peter, he wouldn't have been too worried or he would have been worried, but he may have reacted a bit differently. We know the old Peter, uh, he was very impetuous. He was very impulsive. He was a man of action, a man of reaction, and he always acted very, very spontaneously on his beliefs and convictions, which sometimes was a good thing, sometimes not a bad thing. And really what, um, I mean, for instance, uh, when Jesus asked Peter to follow me and I will make you a fisher of men, I was looking for some reference to Jesus saying, follow me now. But Jesus may have implied that, but Peter, because he is quick to action, decided it is now. So he literally dropped everything and he followed Jesus. That was Peter. When Jesus was teaching his disciples that I must die, I must be buried, I will rise again, Peter tells Jesus, I will never let that happen to you. Don't worry, Jesus, I got your back. And Jesus has to tell Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He had a good heart, but he was very impetuous, very impulsive. Even when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, what did Peter do? He took out his sword and cut off the high priest's servant's ear. That was Peter, a good heart, but very impulsive. Now, the scripture we've just read is not the old Peter. It's a new Peter. It's a new Peter who has been changed and transformed by God over a period of three and a half years. You know, I couldn't help imagining uh, the old Peter was probably like an Usain Bolt. Do we know who is an Usain Bolt? The fastest man in the world, right? Now, try asking Usain Bolt, we're going to change your event from 100 meters to a 400 meters. Usain is going to lose sleep because he likes to run fast. But if you tell him, Usain, you've got to pace yourself, you've got to go four times the length that you are used to, that's a lot of stretch. And in a way, that's happening to Peter, right? He's used to doing things fast, quickly, a man of action. And God is teaching him, Peter, sometimes you will need to wait. Sometimes the way I work in your life comes after a period of waiting. So... When you read in verse 8, Peter uses this um, uh, you know, passage from Psalm chapter 90, actually, to quote, uh, for the Lord a thousand days is like one day, and a day is like a thousand days. So Peter is basically telling the church, guys, you need to slow down a bit. You are moving too fast. Imagine Peter saying that, of all people. And he also basically talks about a dichotomy. He says the Christian life is not about running at a thousand miles per hour, 
we need to be patient and allow God to do what he does. But patience does not mean to be complacent. Patient does not mean to be lazy. There is also a sense of urgency that Peter talks about. Now, how do you reconcile that together? How can I be patient and how can I act with a sense of urgency? How do I do that? Is it even possible? What do you guys think? Is it possible to be patient yet act with a sense of urgency? Okay, anyone who has gone on their first date knows all about it, right? You've had to be patient as you wait for that day to come, but there's also an urgency that you feel inside of you. And in that, in that tension between being patient and being urgent, there are certain things you do. And that's exactly what Peter is talking about. So I want to share with us what patience means or what Peter meant when he said patient, uh, what Peter meant when he said act with urgency, and in between those two, what is it he is calling for you and I to today? So I'm going to leave you with some reflection questions in just a moment. All right. So uh, this dichotomy we see all around us, uh, we see uh, when a farmer would plant seeds, there is patience and there is a sense of urgency. Uh, we find um, uh, even when it comes to uh, a sport we spoke about, there is a need for patience and a sense of urgency. We have a dear lady in our church. Uh, she keenly desired to hear God. And uh, so one day she prays and she says, God, I want you to speak to me. I want to know that you can hear me. And she says, if you are hearing me now, then in the next five minutes, my five minutes, not your five minutes. She prays this way. She's, a, she's a, a, a bit older in age. I want to see a bird right in front of my face. You know what? God humored her. God indulged her. And no sooner had she finished praying, right in front of her came a hummingbird humming away. And that was the moment God spoke to her and told her, I am hearing you. I'm hearing your prayers. Now, wouldn't it be great if all our prayers were answered as quickly? But the fact is, there are times when God makes us wait. And I want to share two reasons why God makes us wait. Uh, the first reason is God is interested in your heart and my heart. Uh, he is interested in the outcome too, but more than the outcome, he is interested in our hearts and what's happening inside of you and I. He's more interested with that. And how do we know that? Deuteronomy 8 verse 2. This is when the Israelites were wandering for 40 years. They had the same question. Lord, I've been praying for so long. Why are you making me wait? Why do I have to wait? And Deuteronomy 8 2 says, Remember how the Lord, your God, led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what is in your heart. So the people of God, in a way, they missed the plot. They were grumbling and moaning and whining all the time that they were wandering in the desert, and God was really after their heart. He was really saying, I want your heart to turn to me. I want your heart to be right. So, you know, there's this old Sunday school song some of us may know. It goes, he's still working on me. He is still working on me to make me what I ought to be. 
It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He is still working on me. Aren't you glad that God is patient with you and I? And I want to leave some questions for reflection. Do I find it easier to trust God when things are going well or even when things are not going well? Something to reflect on. Do I get angry and disappointed when God doesn't hear my prayers as quickly as I want? And I just want to leave those thoughts with you. The second reason why God takes time sometimes, and this is written for us in verse 9, God is not slow in the way some people understand it. He is patient with you. Instead, he wants all people to turn from their sins. You know, when I look around the world today, I see all the wickedness, and I'm praying, Lord, can you come, and can you breathe fire, and can you just end it all? But the Lord is also looking for people to repent in these times. He's giving people time to repent. And I, I thought back to my own life. I said, you know what, I, I rebelled for a fairly long time. And if God hadn't given me time, I wouldn't be here. And so even as you see wickedness and evil around, God in his grace is giving people time to repent. He's being patient with them just as he was patient with you. And some questions for us to think about is, do I see people the way God sees me? And can I be patient with people uh, the way God was patient with me? I'm going to bring us to a close in just a moment. Uh, all of this is leading to uh, verse 11. So Peter is asking the rhetoric question, what sort of life, therefore, should we live if we are in this constant dichotomy between being patient and acting with urgency, Peter says, focus on living holy and godly life. Just consume yourself with that. Concern yourself with that. Just as Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, lay aside every weight and sin which clings closely and run with endurance the race set before you. Imagine God is training you. He's training your heart. He's training your soul. Allow him to train you. Allow him to refine you. Questions for reflection. How is my personal time with God? Am I getting to know God more intimately? Is a question we could ask ourselves. Do I allow godly mentors to speak into my life? Or do I only hear what I want to hear? And lastly, am I living in accountability with God and with one another? These are ways we can continue to live holy and godly life as we are patient and as we eagerly await the coming of the Lord. So three reminders yet again. Peter encourages us to be patient. Wait on the Lord for his will to unfold in your life. At the same time, live with a sense of urgency because the Lord, he could come any moment. That is what we know. Peter encourage, encourages us to live holy and godly life. Sin is deceptive and could creep up on you and I. Sometimes we get impatient in matters where we should be patient, and we are patient in matters when we should be impatient. Don't be patient with sin. Don't be patient with wickedness. Don't be patient with things that are dishonoring to God. Be impatient with those things and say, how quickly can I get it out of my life? And lastly, um, um, we remember just as Peter was changed and transformed, 
by allowing these truths to work in his life, we too can be changed and transformed as God would allow us to work. So if you have a few years uh, ahead in, in Trinity, see this as God refining you, shaping you, and preparing you for what he wants you to be. Amen? All right, I'm going to close in prayer for us, and would you join with me if you can close your eyes. Dear Lord, we thank you this morning that you have spoken to us through your word. Thank you for teaching us that our walk with you uh, is not a hundred-mile sprint, Lord, but it's a journey that needs us to be patient. Yet, Lord, we yearn to be with you. We long for you to come. And we have this keen urgency in us to be with you forever. Father, until we wait, would you teach us to live holy and godly lives in peace with you and with one another. We ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you are blessed and be encouraged in your faith life. Chapel happens every Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11 a.m. in the gymnasium or online at livechapel.twu.ca. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWChapel. Until next time, much love.